Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This week was kind of a tangent episode. We got sidetracked a lot, but you know, that's okay because we didn't have a lot planned. So it's good to fill up time with the, you know, talk, just talking about stuff that comes to mind. And, you know, I promise that it's entertaining. It is. Uh, I mean, to someone it should be. Yeah, we started out talking about, I think, uh, YouTube Let's Plays. Then we, uh, we did our went into a little uh, news, news minute. minute. What did we talk about for News Minute? Politics. Politics. Think. We've been on a fucking journey since then, Alex. There will be timestamps listed out down below so you can skip to whatever topic you'd like if you want to skip the politics or, you know, if you just want to skip any part of the show or, you know, if you can't wait to listen to a certain topic, then just check out down below where it's going to be and skip right to it. You know, we don't mind. Download's a download. Uh, we talked a bit about... Uh, Iron Man's character arc in, in the MCU. I don't think we finished uh, Or at least that. we attempted to. Yeah, I don't think we attempted we to, but that was more of a springboard for talking about other things like Spider-Man and uh, weird hentai stuff. Anyway, our social media is linked down below in the description, so yell at us on Twitter. And remember, if you see Doug Walker in the street, please punch him. Leave us a review on Podchaser if you like this episode or if you just like the show. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review on Podchaser. It's like an IMDb site for podcasts. That's, that is a great way to help out the show. Leave us a review. You know, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other app where you can leave a review, that would help us out so much. And without further ado, let's just jump into it. Another thing that always gets me with Let's Plays is just the like the personality because most of it like not all let's players but a lot of them have like the same exact like personality type you know the one i'm talking about it's like hey guys welcome to this week's episode of this let's play and yeah, it's, it's usually like, like a scary game so they're screaming the whole time yeah your options are markiplier or irish markiplier yeah <laughs> who only started because of pewdiepie it's like Markiplier, Irish Markiplier, or racist Markiplier. <laughs> I forgot about that. Holy shit. How long ago was that? It was like a year or two ago? It must have been like two years ago, I think. He had a heated when, gamer moment. <laughs> when PewDiePie became racist. Ugh. I don't know. I, I don't think he's racist. I just think that like he appeals to racist people. Yeah, especially with the, you know, the whole N-word debacle that he had. Yeah, and when he, like, paid some people to hold up a sign that said death to Jews. Yeah. I will admit, like, oh, uh, that was a, a joke and stuff that we made a lot in, like, middle school and high school. Well, yeah, it's but, a like, joke when, that's a joke that that you make when you're young and stupid and you don't know what a joke is. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, he's a grown ass man still making like Jew jokes. Yeah, well, it's okay, not even like clever. Is, like, how much of it is he's making the jokes to make it like to be, laugh at them himself, or and how much of it is he's making the jokes because he knows his armies of like actual degenerate fanboys are gonna like freak out if he makes the joke and laugh and share. Like, I think PewDiePie's just gaming the system. Like, he knows yeah. what his fan base likes. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. He is just doing what... Um, his audience just, wants. Yeah, he's just doing what sells. Sells yeah. I mean, to on, incels. <laughs> on its merits, like, jokes like that that are just racism, now laugh. Yeah. Like, it's not clever. It's never... 
it's never clever. It's never like witty. It's always just racism. <laughs> now laugh. And, and it like tickles me peak when you say the N word. My favorite thing to do, uh, and my favorite thing to see people do, is whenever someone makes a, you know, air quotes joke like that, is to just like just the 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 best response is to say, "I don't get it. Can you explain the joke?" <laughs> because it, it puts it on them. To well, defend it's why it's funny to just yell the N-word. Yeah. And you know they're going to have a tough time with it. You see, it's funny because I'm white. It always, like, it always comes down to, like, either, like, you wouldn't get my dark humor or, like, are you triggered? Are you triggered? Oh, my yeah. God. Did I just, did I just trigger you? Libtard. Libtard. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of people like that, especially nowadays. I don't even know if it's a nowadays thing. Yeah, I can. I feel that we we truly are living in a a, a bizarre thing. <laughs> I yeah, don't even know what well, to call the planet anymore. <laughs> well, like the modern, are you triggered, libtard, uh, at my dark comedy? Like that's just a that's just a modern version of the classic, like cat calling a woman and being like hey hey you broad why don't you smile more can't take a compliment yeah yeah the what can't you take a compliment like it, it that's for sure still around but it's also evolved into what can't you take a joke yeah and the joke is always just racism well, no punchline no setup just racism Man, Alex, I can't believe you can't take a joke as advanced as the N-word. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like I complain about this a lot, but it's that kind of like that kind of attitude is really common in the comment sections on meme pages on Instagram. Oh yeah. Which I try not to com- I, I try not to comment on them so much, but whenever you try to like make a point you know whenever it's just racism now laugh whenever you're like yeah i don't get the joke is 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 it supposed to be funny that the the n-word is that is that the joke they always like check your profile and try to find something like deeply personal to roast you on and you know i i did stand-up comedy in my old life back when society was still functioning and I still have, you know, stand up comedian in my in my bio. And so they're like and, and they I guess they find my uh, YouTube channel and they're like, your fucking comedy sucks. And it's like, well, that's not what this is about. But thanks. Thanks for the view. <laughs> that's not what this is about. But thank you. Anyways, you should just double down. Oh, I, I do. I do. I'm like, oh, thank you for the view. You know, the, the feedback really, um, really helps, constructive helps grow the channel. Yeah, any any engagement is good engagement. You know, you know if you if you download this episode out of spite, that's a download. the The number goes up, and my dopamine just goes through the roof. That is a good point, and my ketamine sales also go through the roof. <laughs> Remember, every episode of Bull to You to Say You Download is one more needle straight to my arm. Yeah, download download this episode to trigger the Instagram commenters. <laughs> 
Remember, download this episode to get back at the libtards. <laughs> so, Jared, do you want to jump into News Minute? I have a topic that I uh, that I just found in my uh, my old list of uh, topics to talk about. Let's a fucking go! Yeah, okay. give us uh, give us some nice intro music. I I don't even know if that's the thing we did before. So, Jared, I think we've talked about this before. I remember mentioning it, but we never went in like in depth on it. So, the Patriot Party. Um, oh, you mean the terrorists? <laughs> the uh, the the third party that Donald Trump and his cronies may or may not start in the in the near future for like the next election or whenever they're they're vaguely talking they're, they're vague posting about starting their own political party the patriot party which if i remember correctly is the same name as like an old progressive party yeah the patriot party if i remember correctly that was mostly comprised of like gay people and shit so i yeah. hope they have fun with that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so the Patriot Party, uh, I believe, and feel free to dispute this because uh, I am, again, talking out of my ass. Uh, I believe that the Patriot Party, if it is formed and if it, you know, ac actually comes to fruition, will destroy the Republican Party. I don't think that would happen because it feels like Republicans... Even though there's a lot of Trump supporters, I feel like a lot of them are sticking to just it's better red than dead kind of thing, you know? Like Yeah. Republicans are like real big supporters of Repo other Republicans. Like I know a lot of people around Benzie County. They aren't big Trump supporters, but they'll never vote for a Democrat. They'll always vote for whoever the Republican person is. Just because well, like that's that's their that's their their bro. That's a good point. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the Trump people are like rabid enough that they would vote for whoever Trump told them to. And if they like, like, you know, they, they can be convinced of a lot of things. Oh yeah. You know, nothing against them. It's just, you know, there's some racist, but it's a lot of, you know, desperate working class people that just haven't gotten a fair shake. Um, not defending Trump or anything. Just, I, I feel like that needs to be put out there to counterbalance all of the like all Trump people are racist narrative. Um, yeah. To be clear, a lot of them are. Oh yeah, fuck no, like a lot the of most, them. It's like the thing with a lot of like with a lot of different groups where like the most vocal majority is always like yeah the worst part. Yeah, all the people that stormed the Capitol, like crazy, crazy bunch of folks. Um, Anyway, enough rambling though, enough enough nuance. I feel like Trump's base are the kind of people that would vote for whoever he tells them to vote for. Yeah. How you know how the Democrats have the this kind of like unity mentality where it's like, oh, we have to compromise and unify with whoever, whether it be, you know, the the corporate Democrats. Or, you know, the Republicans in, in Congress, they have to, you know, there's this like general, you know, vibe that you have to compromise and uh, meet halfway. Yeah. But the uh, the general attitude, and this is just general for the uh, for the Republican Party, 
and especially for the Trump people, it's like, fuck you. We are you. You are a bunch of socialists and you will do our ideas. Yeah, no, that's that's. uh... So they're not the kind of people that would have this like vote red no matter who um, slogan like the Democrats do that. That's part of why, you know, the Green Party, uh, aside from, uh, you know, it just being systemically impossible to have a uh, a third party win a, uh, a presidential election, at least in modern history. Yeah. Other than the other than the whole systemic issue. The reason that the Green Party isn't as successful as it could be or should be is that just there's a lot of people on the left that would rather, you know, chase unity and, you know, vote blue no matter who rather than, you know, do what they view as throwing away their vote. I don't think that I don't think that exists on the on the right nearly as much as it does on the left. Yeah, but I mean, it's still present, though. And I think it's present enough to keep the Republican Party going, even if Trump makes his own separate one. Right. Well, it may be still going, but I think it'll make it a lot harder for the Republicans to win elections. Yeah. Because if if Trump tries to run or, you know, the Trump's next anointed, uh, you know, deputy presidential candidate his next knighted individual <laughs> his next uh Ulrich von Lichtenstein <laughs> um if his if his next lackey is uh you know in in the Trump team is running in the Patriot Party in in 2024 i think that that will split the uh the republican vote enough that the democrats can just sweep up the election same with midterms yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of democrats well not democrats but progressive-minded people that don't vote democrat anymore i've noticed that with like the past two elections there's a lot of them that are like oh jill stein can win this one and then like stuff like that it's like yeah no i don't think there'll ever be a time with third party is ever an option even if trump does set up his patriot party yeah because it's just it's always been republican or democrat like, yeah, well, I, I, I'm not saying that the Patriot Party has a chance of winning. I'm just saying that it'll take enough votes away from the Republicans to that like it'll, do some damage. Yeah, it'll do a lot of damage. And Maybe. if the Democrats don't shoot themselves in the foot, um, which is always an option, they <laughs> will probably, um, you know, sweep, you know, the, the, they'll they'll win the next, uh, you know, the midterms in the uh, the general um or the the, uh, the presidential election in a landslide if yeah. the if the patriot party actually goes through with its plans yeah so maybe yay trump party yay trump party never thought i'd die fight side shit i just fucked up my entire word <laughs> you know you get the the thing but all men and women created by the you know, you know the thing you, you know the thing <laughs> i i realized now i i am joe biden and i hate it i'm cursed alex save me joe <laughs> biden is in my blood oh did you see that uh dave rubin uh tweeted out like a, it was like a screenshot of someone tweeting about like the minimum wage and he was like 
why not make it higher, you bigot? $25 an hour. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait for that to go on to uh, uh, conservative cell phones. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, there was something I noticed the other day. It was kind of funny. It made me chuckle a bit. There was a, you know how there's that account that's like uh, conservative cell phones where they just post like, like conservative people saying shit like oh all these rich people suck or in shit like that like you know they're like actually saying like leftist shit and not yeah. conservative shit well some guy was trying to set up one where it's the opposite and then he posted one thing his left wing cell phones yeah and he posted the first thing i can't remember what it was but it was something where people just made fun of him because now I remember it was uh it was the joke with the you know the format where it's the kid on the computer who's like, hey, how do I do this? And then it's like the three muscular guys that like put a big response, but it's usually like some like really insightful, helpful shit. And the joke is that it's like big muscly dudes. Yeah. Like he posted one of those who's like, Man, I'm not even gonna read this. And everyone just made a joke saying that he couldn't read and he got really mad about it and started blocking everyone and deleted his Twitter. <laughs> nice <laughs> it's just like yeah um God dave rubin it. did the same thing to like the uh, accidentally left-wing account that one got blocked by dave rubin and he's like damn i guess the the free marketplace of ideas was closed today oh wait hold on i just remembered i just remembered i saw a clip on youtube did oh, you yeah. know did you know that dave rubin used to do stand-up comedy did he i thought he was a sandwich the joke is there's a sandwich called a Reuben. The forward uh, of that joke is I'm very hungry right now. So I saw this clip of Dave Rubin doing stand-up. I'm going to send it to you so you can watch it later. Yes. Just so you can get like the first-hand cringe. So I can get the taste of Reuben. It's, ex it's, exactly, it's exactly as bad as you would expect it to be. Oh, no. It's, it's basically like... Okay, so... What makes it really hilarious is just how much he complains about the left doing identity politics. And then he does identity politics. Every like every joke that he does starts with, so I'm gay. And then I guess like a bit that he does uh, is like pointing at audience members and being like, like guessing if they're gay. And then they're like, no, I'm not. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> Well, darn, maybe next time. I feel like he knows how bad he is, too, because like when no one laughs, like even like it's so like no one's no one's laughing. No one is making any noise with their mouth. And someone in the audience like smiles Ooh, out of pity. And he's like, stink. oh, thank you. He's like, oh, thank you for the pity smile. So like he knows he he's not doing hot. He like normally you uh, you re you repeat material in front of different audiences to just kind of, you know, gauge the the reaction and see, you know, what what works with different audiences. But if yeah. something if if a if a bit or a joke that you do doesn't work with any audience, don't do it again. Then fucking stop doing it. Yeah. Take the hint. No, no, no. This next time. This is it. This will get him. <laughs> It's the classic, it's the, it's the classic rule. The right cannot meme. The right cannot meme. Oh, I saw, I saw a video about this. I saw, 
where what channel did this video? It was oh, it was uh I'm pretty sure it was Thought Slime. I think I God, what recommended a, that name sounds I think, gross. I think I recommended one of uh Thought Slime's videos before, but uh if I haven't, he's a leftist, I think anarchist YouTuber that does a lot of like commentary videos. And he did one about like why stand-up comedy from right wingers is always bad. Yeah. Just a second, I'm looking it up. You do that. I'll I'll entertain the populace with fun words like phalange, coin, filibuster, the Ides of March, Caesar. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> I found it. So Thought Slime did two videos a few months ago. Uh, centrist comedy always sucks. That's a great deep dive into why the whole like. Actually, I think the left and the right are crazy. Like that, that's just wishy washy and bad. Yeah. And then a couple months later, he did conservative comedy, always sucks too. And he uh, basically went into like this, uh, this one like comedian, if you want to call him that, who's like, I guess, a right winger or a conservative. And he does like sketch stuff online. He did, um, you might have actually seen this because I think it went viral, but he did a video that was like, actually woke people and racist people agree. I have not seen that, but I think my coworker tried showing it to me once. Oh, basically the the uh, the premise is that it's it's two of him. He does like the, you know, the Ryan George bit where it's, you know, him talking to himself I- and he has... Uh, he, he actually does a really creative, uh, way of, of uh, expressing which one is the woke person and which one is the racist person. Uh, what's what's the creative way? Uh, so they're, they're both wearing a blue shirt with white text and one says woke and one says racist. Ah, of course. <laughs> I never would have known. So yeah, going in, that's the baseline that we have for uh for comedic uh potential. Nice. And basically the like the the premise is like I think that a person's value is based on their race. Wow, I also think that. Wow, we think the same. That that's it. That's the entire video. And it's that for like 5 minutes, I think. Oh god. Honey. Sounds horrible. Yeah, so I'll I'll have those linked in the description because it, it's a good watch. But yeah, what was I? Oh yeah, Dave Rubin. So yeah, the sandwich. Yeah, that that rule applies to Dave Rubin. You can't be uh, like this. Might be controversial. Uh, leave a comment if you disagree, uh, or or don't. I I don't. I can't control you, viewer, listener. But but I can. Like They're comedy, leave a comment now. <laughs> comedy and conservatism are two like very diametrically opposed concepts. I I know what one of those words were. <laughs> Quick editors note: I'm talking specifically about political comedy, so you know you're you're still allowed to enjoy the Santa Claus because you know it's not like Tim Allen's talking about deporting the elves. Basically, you can't do good comedy if you are a conservative. Because, like, in order, like, in order to do comedy, you have to like Be feel funny. empathy. You have to, you have to like feel empathy, and you know, a classic rule of comedy is you know, don't punch down, punch up. 
punching up is like, you know, joking about or, or making fun of or mocking people that have more money and power than, than you do, uh, or, you know, than, than most people do. It's like, you know, the difference between like mocking Jeff Bezos and mocking a homeless man. Oh my God. <laughs> sounds horrible. It's like, you might think it's funny to, to, to like kick a homeless man while he's down, but most people don't enjoy that. Yeah. And you have to come for like, uh, the the thought slime video does a better job uh, of explaining this you know m- with, with more detail and stuff but yeah basically you you, you don't you have to beat up a homeless man yeah you, you just uh, comedy can't come from a place of like by basically like yeah like hatred or like what's the word that i'm trying to think of like vitriol something like that uh, anyway, the right can't meme. Watch, watch the thought slime video. It's pretty good. All right, I will try, but my low capacity brain won't allow me to remember beyond that. Uh, so anyway, yes. Next, uh, let's close trip. out news minute, which is basically just the politics section. Yes. So. I have a uh, a main topic prepared that I have uh, thought quite a bit about, and I uh, and I and I you know basically have all my uh, points written out. So, Ooh. welcome to my TED talk. So you know, with with Wandavision, you know, being uh, you know the current thing, and um, you know, Marvel being back in the uh, in the public consciousness. Yes, it's wormed its um, way back in. It's inside yeah. your children and your husband. So I thought it would be fun to do a little retrospective on uh, Civil War. Uh, and uh, more specifically, um, I guess, Tony Stark's journey in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and that is related to WandaVision uh, very loosely, uh, I guess. Because, you know, he is... He 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 made he made Wanda an an, an orphan and uh, I don't vision. know I just wanted <laughs> he made I just Wanda wanted, an orphan and made Vision. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Iron Man basically. Um, My favorite war criminal, Iron Man. So yeah, anyone that was you know a Marvel fan or just around when Civil War came out, um, you, you know anyone that was around for that oh, knows all of the human that, race. Yeah, all of the human race knows that there was a, you know, a par- part of their like marketing campaign, I guess, was like, oh, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Yeah, it's just like the comics when they did their Civil War. They had the, the different yeah. covers and shit. Yeah. Um, and then when the movie came out, it was like instantly obvious. Oh, you're supposed to be Team Cap. Yeah. You know, the guy that's. Uh, the name of the movie captain america civil war (laughs) and like if you think about it for more than a second iron man is definitely the bad guy in that story yeah but um i think that actually just fits with his character and like his you know his his journey in the mcu i guess you could say um his journey of basically just becoming a good person and then immediately dying in the end. Yeah. I'm a good um, person. Okay, bye. 
and and you know spider-man also uh fits into it so we get to put spider-man in the tags oh that's gonna be either the greatest thing ever or the worst given on how spider-man twitter is currently yeah so civil war uh demonstrates tony stark's uh basically like narcissism and it uh fits into his journey about is his journey of caring about other people so each movie that uh that tony stark appears in is a step on that journey um the first one iron man uh from 2008 is about reversing the harm that is his uh that his company did that is his father started and that he has you know continued to um participate in uh basically just you know recognizing that there is an issue that needs to be solved and working to reverse the damage Uh, iron man (laughs) that's a lot of damage then uh iron man 2 is you know basically about you know letting other people in yeah and um you know realizing that you know in order to care about other people you have to care about yourself and also give your friend a cool super suit yeah give your friend a cool super suit don't be a bitch what are you yeah give him a cool super suit what's he gonna do yeah, what well, what's he gonna what what was he gonna do? Yeah, huh? is he gonna a... is he gonna spend the the third act without a suit? Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Iron Man three. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Give him a super anyway. suit. What's gonna happen? Is he gonna get crippled because of your drama with someone else? Oh wait. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, for example, like Pepper was worried about him the entire time. And she was basically left to clean up Tony's messes because throughout most of the movie, he's on this like binge of self-destruction. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because he was he was dying and he didn't really care at that point whether he lived or died. But, you know, the the lesson that he had to learn is that his self-destructive behavior negatively affects other people. And, you know, you got to stop doing that. Yeah, man. Just like get a coffee sometime. Yeah, don't blow up get, a person's house. Get a coffee and some donuts with Nick Fury, and try not just to commit a war a, crime. Create a new element, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing he did. He just, you know, yeah, he did the thing. Like my I said favorite we part. Do. My favorite part of the Iron Man movies is that at some point there's always a part where like someone tells him that something is impossible to do and, he does and it immediately. basically the movie the movie is telling you that it's an impossible thing to do and then two minutes later he does it yeah <laughs> this element is impossible to synthesize i synthesized it. you have synthesized a new element congratulations i'm, I'm just gonna go over here now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only he could synthesize some uh, some good coping mechanisms. Ayo. Ayo. If only he could Ayo. synthesize not dying. Damn, got him. Uh-huh. Um, Get fucked, Tony Stark. Team yeah, anyway. Metroid. I forgot the name of the bad guy from Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, in the Avengers, uh, Tony has to learn to work on a team. Uh, you know, pretty basic, uh, you know, stepping stone on that journey. Yeah. Um, then Iron Man 3 is about, like, rescuing the president or something. I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck was Iron Man 3? Because every time I see it, I kind of black out. I don't know. I wrote this. I, I wrote these notes before I watched it. Like, like I, I hadn't watched it in a long time. And then after I wrote this out, 
I uh, I watched Iron Man three, and I was gonna write down some notes, but I I don't know. I think it's about like taking care of a kid, but also not taking care of the kid, but like giving him a cool lab, uh, dealing with PTSD. Um, Age of Ultron is about I how you can't build Mandarin. murder robots. Yeah. yeah, I am the Mandarin. Well, actually, he's the Mandarin. Or is there he's any more, playing the Mandarin. Is there any more Mandarins I need to know about? Meow. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Age of Ultron is about how you can't build murder robots without consulting your coworkers. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that he makes Ultron. Yeah, no, that's a bit different than the comics, because it's Hank Pym, who is, in the comics, a known wife-beater who makes Ultron, which, you know, no, is just no, it's a okay. good idea. Like, he didn't mean to. What? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't mean to beat his wife. It's okay. I forgot. Don't think about it. <laughs> Don't think about it. It's okay. It's okay when no, he No, that's actually it. that, like, classic panel where Hank Pym is, like, he he like slaps his wife apparently that was like like there is some kind of like miscommunication between the writer and the illustrator where the writer like when he was writing out the story he was like oh yeah and at this part uh hank pym is is hitting someone but he doesn't realize that it's his wife until it's too late and then the illustrator was like he hits his wife got it <laughs> You know that you, I feel like that and that's should go how we down. get that's how we get wife beater Hank Pym. And that's the thing though, because that didn't just stop at that point. That was a whole fucking to do, like that was a, a thing that happened in other comics too. So that yeah, one I'm sure mistake, that was like the start of it though. Well, yeah, I assume after that people were like, "Oh, yeah. this guy's a wife beater now. Why would Marvel do this?" And then Marvel execs are like, "Well, fuck. I guess we have to double down on this." <laughs> Yep, we made a wife beater. Looks like we have to yes and this. <laughs> yes and? Why did why did you? Shits and giggles. Hank Pym beat his wife. Uh, yes, and he's gonna do it again. <laughs> Buy our next issue. Buy our next issue. That sounds like Marvel's way of handling it. <laughs> is, he, is he gonna beat his wife again? Buy our next issue to find out. Oh, he did. Oh, he did it. Oh, but is he going to do it next week? Find out. It's like uh, I watched a video by Huggabees that said that Superman's the original clickbait. And you know what? I feel like that's what every comic book. Oh, I then. saw. I didn't see that video, but I it was suggested to me and I put it in the uh, the watch later endless pile. You should watch it. He talks about this one. It's a comic from the 60s. Where, Isn't it the one where he's like shooting rainbows from his hand and it's like Superman's new power? No, it's one of the other ones where he's, you know, killing his friends. Really? Yeah, no, this one is my favorite one because it's him and it's a comic called J Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I forget the issue number, but on the cover, it's uh, Jimmy Olsen crying as he looks to his uh, apparently adopted father in that issue, Superman, and he's saying... Uh, why are you doing this, Dad? This is your Father's Day present. As Superman's, like, burning a sweater that he made. And he's like, this Aww. is the worst thing ever. I hate having you as my adopted son, Jimmy Olsen. 
Oh, why? I why did I he do that? I thought spoil. Superman was good. I won't spoil that, but Alex, your reaction is exactly the reaction those comics were made for. Because they all have the same stupid plot twist where it's like, oh, Superman was doing this because of this. He was either mind controlled or there's some other bigger plot that you weren't. It's the original lit- lit injustice. On. But yeah, it basically. <laughs> No, this is one, though, where it's the coverage is so Superman snapping Lois Lane's oxygen tube while they're both in space. And I want to know the what? story behind that. What? But, like, that's the thing. What? He, he goes up and cuts the tube connecting her oxygen supply to the oxygen tank. And she's Jesus dying Christ. in space. Come on. The funny thing is, later in the comics, they get married. I feel like they're going to be sitting there like... Hey, can we talk about that? I just, I just feel like that's a thing that should be addressed more. Superman oh, what is e- a serial killer, apparently. What even is classic Superman? Classic Superman is clickbait. Like, he's just the biggest clickbait there is. Like, all his comics at that time just have the most ridiculous covers. And it's usually him potentially killing his best friends. And or life, depending on the time. You know, when I got that video recommended to me, I saw the thumbnail where it was like Superman's new power and he's shooting the rainbows out of his fingers. You you know what that reminded me of? What? I don't remember if it was Superman 3 or Superman 4, but the one where a bridge gets destroyed and he uses bridge rebuilding vision. He uses what? It's like his heat vision, but instead of shooting heat from his eyes, it shoots a blue beam that reconstructs the bridge. <laughs> ah, yes. That is a movie that was made in Hollywood in in like the late 70s, early 80s. You know what that reminds um, me of? You remember? The uh, only time that something like that could be made. You remember fucking, uh, what was it? Shark repellent? Bat shark repellent. Oh, okay. Okay. Look, the classic bat shark repellent fits with the character and it fits with the show. You know what? Bat shark. I will go as far as to say that bat shark repellent fits with Batman in every iteration. He should have it. It's just, Oh shit. That, that even fits me. with like gritty Arkham Batman. No, you know that uh Harley Quinn, cause he's prepared for everything. I could have sworn, but you know that Harley Quinn cartoon that came out a while back? Um, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. I can't remember correctly, but I think they make a joke about that where he's fighting a shark and he actually pulls out the bat shark repellent. Is that the show where Joker's like, where's my electric car, Bruce? Yeah, no, the Joker in that show is great because he's he's basically every version of the Joker. So he's like, you know, an actual psychopath. But he also has, like, really dated views on the world. Dated how? Uh, he says girls can't be funny at one point. Well, neither can he. <laughs> no, I, that, I love that that's show, the only. That's, that's usually how it is, though. Whenever any, like, I, I know this isn't related to Batman or Iron Man or anything, but men on the internet that say that women aren't funny or women can't be funny, they're usually not funny. Yeah. They're usually just racist or misogynistic or both. All of the above. It's like we were saying earlier. Racism. Yeah. Now laugh. <laughs> oh, no, I laughed. 
I'm sorry, Alex. Forgive me. Misogyny. Now laugh. <laughs> Women can't be funny because they're not misogynistic like I am. I uh, know. I feel like the Joker can get away with it just because it's the Joker. I'm the Joker, baby. I'm the Joker, baby. I recently found out that clip, the the joke, I'm the Joker. That clip is from, um, it, it's, it's from porn. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, you didn't know, you didn't I know this? I need to see this pornography. Please. Apparently. Show me. Apparently that clip is from uh, a porn video. I'm I don't know Joker, which one. Baby. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I feel like if I I feel like if I watch the whole thing, it's just gonna ruin it. I don't know. I don't know. Alex, send me I, the porn and I'll watch there's it. There's no there's no good explanation for that video. No, I that's figured the it was some like talent show. I figured it was like a like a local talent show, and this guy was like, "I'm gonna do impressions." Yeah, I thought it was a school like audition. I I felt bad. I thought they were bullying someone for a second. Never mind. It's it's just like that weird uh Pokemon porn parody. <sighs> Hold on, I'm looking at a post. Um Oh, did you find someone talking about it? The greatest clip yeah, someone, ever. Someone posted on Reddit, R slash out of the loop. Uh where did well I'm the Joker baby come from? Um I haven't seen this clip baby. pop up, but I don't know the source. Someone commented it's from a video of some high school kid acting like the Joker in a school play or audition or something, I saw the video on r slash cringe or r slash cringe anarchy the other day. Edit. Here's the other thread. I here's the thread I saw the other day with the original source. Okay, so I guess it's not from porn. I don't. Oh, I swear. I swear. I saw somewhere the. Oh wow the uh, the link that has the the thread. Uh, it's. From cringe anarchy, which has been banned. Wow. What? Babe. What? I'm in class right now. Can you like just lower your volume a little bit? Whose glasses are those? The glasses I bought. Oh. Are they half empty or half they full? You look cute. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to Jerry's yeah. Corner, you part thirty-seven. Right yeah. What is it? Is this the podcast? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were recording the podcast. Yeah, so I, I would like to talk about no, hermit crabs I'm in again. Class and no, I but, can hear you. But I can be as loud as I want. Okay. Like, yeah. No. As a libertarian and as a sovereign. <laughs> Did you guys citizen, know that uh, crabs and other crustaceans are technically arachnids? He's doing a Jerry's corner. Like, Nice. It's just such a weird thing right. to think about, think, like, because like Jerry's everyone's all against eating bugs podcast. and shit. Like, the, like <laughs> you see someone, they see someone munching on a uh, cockroach or a grasshopper, like, ooh, so gross here. But then they'll go and pay like forty fucking dollars to eat crab legs, and it's the same exact shit. You know, I had uh, a, a traumatic formative experience <laughs> when I was very young. Where I was at a uh, at a restaurant with my family, yeah, and um, I was on one side of the booth with my mom and um, my sister, and I think our cousin were uh, across the across the booth. And I and I when when I was a kid, I must have been like four, like three or four, and I I liked to like crawl under the table and come out the other side, like you know. So I, I was a mischievous little lad and I and I got bored easily. So I did that. And um 
when I surfaced on the other side, uh, there was uh, sitting before me uh, a plate of crab legs, and it was the scariest thing I had experienced up to that point. You were terrified by the most succulent piece of food ever. Bug legs. I've never tried. I've never tried crab legs, and I refuse to ever because they're so fucking scary to me. Wow. I, I know that fucks I know you it's, up. Look, maybe. <laughs> I personally believe that uh, crustaceans and arachnids uh, are some of the scariest things on Earth. Um, so we should eat them. Someone should eat them. Someone <laughs> other than me should eat them. Well, Alex, I'm glad you came to me. <laughs> You're in luck. I have a plan. Now, my argument, though, is it's like, like back to the Jerry's corner topic, though, like people complain about eating bugs, but then they go and they pay mil- hundreds of dollars to eat bugs. And I just feel like that perfectly. I'm going like, to go to the bathroom. Just so, continue the Jerry's corner. All right. And I'll be back in a minute. Good luck, my friend. But I feel like that perfectly encapsulates the problem with like people today where we're all like uppity about each other's grill. You know, it's like, oh, this person does this. How dare they? And then they're going to go and pay $50 to eat a fucking bug. I eat bugs. Fuck it. They taste good. Well, I mean, I eat the crabs. I don't eat actual bugs. You got to cook those first. You know, you just fucking boil them up just like crab legs. And you chew them down because you know what? It's the same shit. You can argue about it, but it is. Crabs are just big fucking bugs, and we eat them all the time, so what's wrong with eating the little ones? You tell me. I say there's nothing wrong with it. I think the Japanese are right with that idea. Or was it Korea? I don't remember. The people that, you know, do that and they get sold at the weep stores. But, like, that's the thing. Everyone's all against it until someone starts doing it, and it's all of a sudden a delicacy. Like, you know what? Delicacy should be something that's abhorrent and terrible to everyone else. See, the Iceland people have the right idea. Tristraming? That's the worst shit I've ever heard of. And that's perfect for a delicacy. It has to be something that's physically repulsive, but somehow still tastes pretty, you know, pretty good. Like, I hear Tristraming's like the sweetest fish you'll ever have, and it's actually quite delicious, but the smell will fucking kill your grandma. And you know what? I just, I just feel like... I just feel like, as a race, we're too weak. Like, we're just not strong enough for these big brain topics. No one wants to eat a bug. They'd rather pay $50. Yeah, I saw somewhere that uh, lobster used to be (laughs) what they uh, fed to prisoners because it was basically just sea bugs. Yeah, and now it's a delicacy. How much of that did you hear? Rightly so, they're icky. (laughs) How much of the Jerry's Corner did you hear this time? Uh, just the last, like, 30 seconds or so. Oh. So, anyway, back to the whole Joker <laughs> thing, I guess. It's not porn? It's not from porn. Well, I don't you know remember what? where I saw you know that, what, but if I ever find them, I will hold them duly responsible. You know what that means then, Alex? What? We have to put it in. Ugh. Why did you have to phrase it like that? Because I'm bad at phrasing things. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. That's uh, that's sex sounds. That's what I think it sounds like. Well, you know, you're not that 
far. You're not as far off as you could be or I would expect you to be. That I failed us all. <laughs> so anyway, back to the thing that we were talking about probably 15 minutes ago now. I don't remember what we were talking about. I think it was porn. Well, yeah, that and we were talking about Iron Man and his uh, you know, character arc in the MCU. That's right. We were talking about Marvel. When will we get yeah, to the Yeah, and Star I wanted Wars to talk section. a little bit about Civil War. Let's do it. So, yeah, in in Civil War that you know, demonstrates that, you know, as far as Tony has come, there's, you know, he still has some narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. I mean, he's rich. Where, like, yeah, yeah, fuck the rich, honestly. Um, No, don't fuck them, actually, because then, you know, that gives them an opportunity to reproduce. And yeah, then, you know, you're giving me mixed messages here. Do I need to go and visit you with the beating stick? Just eat, eat the rich. Let's just let's eat them all yep. with with the with the side of lobster. Yeah, their lobster that we've stolen from their kitchen. You know what's also fucked up? I know I'm done with the Jerry Corner, but like caviar, that's a fucking weird thing. Tastes great, but like you know, that's literally just eating a fish's abortion. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that different from eating like chicken eggs. Yeah, which is also just another animal's abortion. Man, we are a fucked up species. Anyway, back yeah. to Iron Man. So yeah, in in Civil War, Tony's whole thing is basically, oh yeah, I've done some shit like you know creating Ultron, uh, wiping out a lot of people with his weapons, killing the parents of uh of Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. So you know he he has some baggage, just a bit, and <laughs> just a little bit. Um, and he feels that he has to atone for that still, um, rightly so, but where he fails in that is dragging everyone else into it. Yeah. Cause like he feels that he personally has to atone for what he's done and he thinks like, oh yeah, you know, that applies to everyone with like, you know, the, the Sokovia cores and you know, what, what happened in, in Lagos where, um. You know, the guy, the terrorist was going to blow himself up and then Wanda made it so people don't die, you know? Yeah. Well, less people died. I think people died in the building, but. The, okay. Side note, that bothers me so much that she still gets blamed for that when it's like, okay, what if she did nothing in that moment? What if she just let it happen? Sure, that building wouldn't have blown up, maybe but a lot more people would have died. So why are people specifically blaming her because she didn't take the explosion away enough? Be- because anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. So yeah, Tony, like basically he plays, you know, daddy knows best. He play he plays that role where it's like, Oh, well, you know, I've learned a bit about not being as much of a narcissist so i know best and you know i'm siding with the government now because that's what i do now at this point in my arc and it it kind of like it's there's a lot there to complain about but i mean you can't say that it doesn't fit with his character yeah like for example uh when tony brings peter into it like that is a huge moment of hypocrisy and that is, that's a big theme for him in this movie, hypocrisy. 
Yeah. Where he like locks people up for um, you know, for helping Bucky, who fucking got framed. So like the movie is objectively on his side, right? Yeah. So yeah, Tony Stark, after locking people up for uh, you know, acting out of turn, he then proceeds to act out of turn. <laughs> and uh go to you know the uh, the old hydra facility where the super soldiers are being kept which is where you know the the final battle takes place yeah uh that's one example of where he you know he you know doesn't practice what he preaches and um well yeah no he's rich yeah (laughs) and you know the way that spider-man fits into that is you know when when tony brings peter into battle uh in germany out of the country uh, he gives him, you know, custom battle equipment, um, and he you know, presumably makes a child soldier. <laughs> yeah, and he presumably doesn't make Peter sign the Sokovia Accords because yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, his secret identity would be shot if he signed the Accords, and and you know he's fifteen at that point, so he wouldn't even be able to sign the Accords. That's the loophole. <laughs> Yeah, and I just want to talk about that for a little bit. Imagine, like, if he did have to sign the Accords, like, I don't know, I just think it would be a funny moment. Like, imagine, like, Aunt May is trying to, like, take Peter on vacation because, you know, he's been stressed with school and stuff and, you know, this this the, the Stark internship. And, like, Peter has to explain why he can't leave the country ever or or he can't like go anywhere without like a signed note from the fbi it's like Aunt man i gotta I, we gotta go to the fbi first peter we're just going to visit my aunt in france yeah look Aunt like, man, imagine this is... like <laughs> we can't like in spider-man homecoming <laughs> when they go to washington like imagine he he's trying to go on that field trip right and he has to you know get this go home get the note you know signed by aunt may and then he comes back and he comes like to to his teacher and he has you know the signed note from aunt may saying that he can go on the trip and a signed note from the fbi saying that he can go on the trip and he's like i feel like you didn't have to you know go this far peter no trust me it's easier this way <laughs> It it keeps the drones away. It's just just trust me on this. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um I don't know. I, this is just turning into like talking about Spider-Man, but Well yeah, because yeah, Spider-Man's so, great. Well yeah, of course. Just don't say uh, which one and we'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, we uh, We love loved, Spider-Man. We love your favorite version of Spider-Man listener. Yes. But and we hate the other ones. Oh, you're a Spider-Man fan? Oh, so you must love you must love the the uh you must love Spider-Man, right? Nope, can't stand him. Yeah, yeah, this is how to sum up Spider-Man, uh the Spider-Man fandom. Uh there's a meme it says on it, uh don't fuck with us Spider-Man fans. We hate Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and, just, and it was made as a joke, but like It's true it's just, though. Every day it comes true more and more. Just I see more shit like about how much Spider-Man sucks now because he's not this actor and it's just come on yeah. just enjoy Spider-Man it's the same idea like, I remember the uh imagine Spider-Man Twitter at when the end of uh 
uh, oh, fuck, what was it called? I know the name of it. Into the Spider-Verse happened, and he's like, yeah, it's whoever puts on the mask. Anyone can be Spider-Man. And they're just like, no. No, it has to be this one. You're not Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Who voiced Miles Morales? I don't know. Well, my But they did a good job. Oh, yeah, that was a good job. But I have to be Spider-Man Twitter, so I have to insult the actor. Fuck you, child. Yeah. You'll never seems be as like good there's as two this sides 40 to the, year old um, man. It seems like there's two sides to the uh the Spider-Man fandom. And there's also like in a way two sides, like two identical sides to just Spider-Man writers. Yeah. Where it's like on one hand, on one hand, um, you know, there's the camp that's like, oh, yeah, you know, anyone can be Spider-Man. That's the appeal of the of the character. It's, you know, just a random person that and then there's through, the other guy through like, circumstances, you know, Peter. got these powers and he has to learn how to be responsible with it. And then on the other hand, yeah, it's people that are like, no, it has to be Peter Parker. He has the spider totem. Yeah, he has the spider totem. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about with the Spider-Man writers that are that are like that. It's, it's so weird because... It's the same thing. The same guy's like, it has to be Peter. And then they'll make characters like Silk and Fu who are just like, yeah, I got bit by the same exact spider literally a second before it died. And it's just like, why? Now, my favorite thing, though, about that character, I probably talked about her before, but she's literally just there because they can't do Black Cat anymore. Because her whole point of being in that, really? yeah, her whole point of being in there is that she is a potential romantic interest for Peter Parker, who also fights crime. Also, for some reason, they wrote in that whenever they're in the same room, they just have this extreme urge to fuck each other. Oh, him and Silk. Yeah, that's an actual thing that they put. Hey, in that's a comic just chemistry. Book. I, I don't. You know what, Alex? <laughs> I, I feel like that's wrong. I don't think that's right. Yeah, that's just that's a weird detail to put in the comics. Like, oh, if they so wait, why can't they use Black Cat though? You mentioned that a second ago because they use her too much. I'm pretty sure they also killed her off. I gotta check again, but yeah, I think that's right. I think they killed her off at some point. You know, one of my favorite parts of Spectacular Spider-Man, the best and my favorite Spider-Man cartoon, is just how horny the scenes are with black cat and spider-man oh yeah isn't this for kids though it is a kid's cartoon yes but she's like hardcore going for him it like it's never like explicit but it's always like you can tell like like it, it just exudes this like hormonal like like horny energy damn bunch of kids are gonna grow up with a very strange life now yeah yeah i don't know how different i would be if i actually grew up with um like you know the spider-man 2 video game which i believe heavily featured black cat yeah um, she was or in there every so often i played that game when i was a kid and that game was wild because it was spider-man 2 the movie but yeah extended. i've only played a little bit of it i played the whole thing and i tell you that game was fucking amazing it had mysterio in it and that was the greatest side story he starts off as a movie star that owns a wrestling ring 
who decides that, yeah, it'll be cool if we put a bunch of prisoners in the ring and Spider-Man has to beat the shit out of them. And, you know, they all break out. At one point, it introduces a character who becomes an entirely separate side story. You know, the Shocker. Basically, they have half yeah. of the Sinister Six in this in this fucking video game. And it's... They never team up. They're just there. But then, like, he goes from that... Yeah, which, I, think I, played, I think I played up to the point where Mysterio is like, Spider-Man's a bitch and I'll kick his ass. And then he immediately gets his ass handed to him. Uh, I think that's later on in the game. Was it because like his whole story line like follows like after you do a story mission, it's like, oh, do these missions. And oh, Mysterio's here because it goes like you beat it. You, you, you beat him at his wrestling game. And he's like, God damn it, Spider-Man, you're such a piece of shit. And then it goes to he burns down the state house with all of the important people of New York inside of it. And projects a hologram of himself saying that he is Mysterio, an alien warlord trying to take over Earth. Which then Peter has to save the people. Spider-Man then leaves the state house and sees that he's become the Statue of Liberty. So then he has to go to the Statue of Liberty and he has to kill the brain of it. Yeah, that's a thing. You have a boss fight with... like Okay. Quentin Beck... Mysterio is a man who is a movie special effects artist. Uh, apparently, he's also the most terrifying thing ever because his little hologram projector is powered by a giant human brain with eyes. It's not a prop. It's an actual brain and you punch it to death. Right. They never bring that up. I feel like I should mention that because I remember that vividly as a child thinking, what the fuck? What is this? Then you go to uh, Quentin Beck's house, uh, which is an apartment, and then you open a door and you fall down an elevator shaft. And that just takes you to another dimension where anything's possible. And uh, so you beat up these clowns at first, like they're like they're like the the punching bag things, like you know the the blow up punching bags that punch and then they come right. back up. I forget what they're called, but they're like those except they have hands and they're holding hatchets. So you beat them up, you go into a ballroom, and then the entire room just flips upside down. And again, I want to point out that this is somehow inside of an apartment complex that other people live in, and it's it's a grand ballroom. It flips upside down, so you have to crawl your way out of that. Uh, then there's a couple of other things I can't remember, but the thing I want to point out also, this is like the size of a mansion. I want to, I want to say, cause it's multiple rooms. It's not just one or two. It's like five different rooms. And this is again, somehow all concealed within an apartment building that other people live in. So after that, uh, at the end of it, you have to go into a hall of mirrors where you fight yourself, 20 of yourself. And there are all these horrifying, like different shaped bodies and stuff and like they're real they hurt you and you hurt them and really yeah but they're like these horrifying dis distorted versions of spider-man and again quentin beck is a he's good at fucking special effects he created life and no one's going to comment on that so anyway, you go in there and you find him and you beat him up and he's like, oh, I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. No, 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 that's later. No, uh, you go in there and you find out you turn off the things and you leave. He's not there. He already left. But uh, you do get to fight him. Uh, and that's later on. He uh, he's attacking a grocery store. and You come and he's like, Spider-Man, I'll get you this time. 
and it loads up a whole bunch of health bars and you get one button prompt and it's punch him in the face and you immediately kill him. And that's the Mysterio side story for Spider-Man 2, a game that came out in 2002 for the PlayStation 2, original Xbox, and I think the GameCube. That game is wild. It's fucking great. I should play more of it. I want to get it. Uh, I want to get an emulator or something for that so I can play it again on the PC because I fucking love that game. Yeah, that's that's how I play it. And I do own a PlayStation 2 and I own a copy of the game, to be clear. I just remembered Rhino shows up in that game. So they, they almost have all of the Sinister Six. Yeah, they're only missing, like, what, the Green Goblin? And Electro, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, because Shocker's in there. He's... Yeah, no, they're missing Vulture and the Green Goblin. Because the original... Well, hold on, the original Sinister Six was uh, Rhino... Well, the, the lineup varies. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember the first one, though. It was Vulture, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Rhino... Uh, Sandman? Is yeah, Sandman in it? Sandman's not in it. No, he's in the third one. I forgot about Sandman. So I guess it's still just half of it. Yeah. But it's it's so wild though. But like I remember this was one part in it. It like they never resolve it, but apparently like criminals are getting mech suits somehow. Yeah. I don't remember what the the ending for that was, even though I would hundred percent in the game, and I don't think they ever do like answer. I think they're just like, Oh yeah, we got this new line of models, and it's like fucking power armor. <laughs> You know what? While we're talking about uh, Spider-Man games, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, went I just want this. to address it. It's kind of weird how like every Spider-Man game from the past like ten years, like and all the open open world ones anyway, yeah, have done the plot line where it's like some kind of disease is ram is like rampaging through New York. So everything goes on lockdown and also it becomes a police state. Yeah, it's just so you can have more people to beat up and there's less people walking around. So it's not as taxing on the engine. And also to explain why you can't leave or can't call the Avengers in in case it's, you know, one of those (laughs) games. Yeah, even in the new one, even in Spider-Man PS4, it's the same thing. Like, I don't know. I, I... I didn't expect it to steal its plot from like the amazing Spider-Man two and Spider-Man web of shadows. I mean, admittedly it did do it pretty well, but still, I just realized Spider-Man two is the only game that didn't do that. And ultimate Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. What about, uh, ultimate Spider-Man is so good. What about the one where, uh, he goes to other universes. Oh, shattered dimensions. Yeah. Well, that one's not open world. Oh, that's right. That's linear. Yeah. So good. Such a good game. Oh, there was this one Spider-Man game I always wanted as a kid. I forget the name of it. I think it's Friend or Foe. But it's the game where... Uh, oh, yeah. That one... They had, like, the, the, the trailer for it on, like, the Spider-Man DVDs. Yeah. Like, the whole game was, like, you play as Spider-Man, but you... It, it's like a... It's like the uh, Ultimate Alliance, the X-Men games. And so yeah. you get, like... It's like, oh, you Heard you it's not very team. good. Oh, it's not? Yeah, I don't, from what I've heard, I don't think it's that, you know, well-regarded. Oh. But, I mean, I still want to still want to try it. Yeah, no, it just sounds like fun, like, teaming up with Venom and Doc Ock and kicking the Green Goblin's ass for no reason other than it's a video game. 
That's what Spider-Man 4 should have been. <laughs> like Venom comes in. Hey, buddy. I know we've had our problems, but do you want to kick his ass? Sure. It's like when Venom and Spider-Man team up to uh, to fight Carnage. Venom's like, hey, even I'm not that crazy. I love that story arc because it's basically just, hey, Peter, I need your help. My son's being a jerk. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's no there's no alien goo CPS. But another thing I love about that, though, is uh, the introduction to Toxin, the, the, the symbiote that is Carnage's son. Yeah. Cause that's one of the uh, the few, like good ones, Spider Man comics from that era that I've read. Yeah, now Toxin's pretty all right. He's he's like Venom and stuff, except he's more of a good guy. Like him and this ex cop. Yeah, know, like they become one. He he's yeah. I read with that him. seven or eight years ago. I read it in the sixth grade. Yeah, uh, on my iPod. No, I love that one though. But I just love the beginning of it because basically it's just Cletus Cassidy doesn't like the idea that the alien that is bonded with him doesn't have a gender and also is giving birth soon. He's freaking out. It's like, what the fuck? Well, that's not very progressive. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he is like a serial killer, like hillbilly. So what did you expect? I always thought it was funny, though, because there's a comic, there's a there's a panel of Venom's like, hey, I know this is scary for you, but just calm down. And he's like, fuck you, this isn't natural. And it's like, what about this whole situation seems natural to you, Cletus? <laughs> You're a serial killer wearing an alien right now. I feel like the whole situation is a bit out of the norm. But that's just me. That's just a theory. Uh, that's bold of you to say. <laughs> Fuck wrong tagline. Boom. Yeah, no, I love Toxin because I love his whole little thing where he's created from the worst symbiote and he's just the best one because he's he just he's not evil. Like he's, you know, he still eats people, but, you know, he's like Venom from the movie Venom. I still have not seen that movie, and I really want I, to. I keep hearing people saying it's bad. I don't think it's the best it could have been, but I like it. It's pr it's it's probably like bad but enjoyable. I, yeah, I know that a lot of the the one liners and quotes are fucking terrible. <laughs> like there's there's one where Venom just I know it mostly for when uh the guy eats the lobster and while he's in the lobster tank. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know there's a line in it where Venom's talking to Eddie Brock and he just screams pussy. So, you know, I guess there's some enjoyment factor there. Yeah, I also know the part where uh, the the love interest girl, I don't know her name, but she has the symbiote on her. and The implication get, is she made out the with symbiote. the dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to get the symbiote back, uh, Eddie Brock makes out with her in venom form and then it comes back to him yeah but the the thing is i feel though, like there were like less uh sexually charged ways the thing to is get the though, symbiote Alex, back the thing I, is though i ship i ship the symbiote and and eddie alex the thing is though the symbiote oh i'm sorry the symbiote because the person that made that trailer is a Ugh. fucking idiot but uh the symbiote though venom leaves eddie at that point and he gets on a dog so if the rules that you have to furiously and romantically make out with someone 
apply, then she went up to a dog. I don't like that. No, I I maintain <laughs> that you can just like touch the thing that has the symbiote on it and it can spread to you. Um, but Eddie just and and Venom just chose to make out with each other. <laughs> but I'm just like Eddie. You know what? I want to spend the rest of my life. You know, that's what that is. Venom's just marriage. It's like Garnet all over Ayo, again. Got him. That's another thing. Speaking about like two people falling in love and also being the same person. You ever see Steven Universe or heard of the character Garnet at least? I think I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen the show, but like I'm familiar with some of the concepts. Like uh, the two lesbians that turn into one person and stay as that one person the entire time. Yeah, I think you've told me about this. Don't they like combine through like scissoring or something? Okay, no, this is how it is. Like there's fusions in this. And what it is is it's like this this passionate dance and stuff. But like, oh, and you, I think you told me that it was it, like implied that they're having sex. Yeah, no, it's like extremely like. Well, I mean, it's not really provocative. The dancing isn't, but the faces they're making the whole time are like mid orgasm faces. So, like, oh, I the don't implication like it. is Garnet's just two lesbians having sex the whole time, and I just, I, I feel like that's the same with Venom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Venom can, like, heal, like, broken bones and stuff, so who's to say you can't, you know, give him a little tug? Hold on. You remember the joke that someone made where Master Chief's armor jerks him off the whole time? Oh. (laughs) That's the same thing. I feel like I vaguely remember that, but... Yeah, I found out... Okay. That's not true. I don't know where someone's coming up with that. That's not the case. However, I will accept that as canon because the idea that all of these Spartans are killing all these aliens constantly, but the whole time they're being jacked off just sounds just way too ridiculous and hilarious for it not to be true. It's kind of like the thing with uh, the the Joker video being part of a porn. I refuse to accept it's not true. I want it to be true. Life, I will it. Life to be would just true. be so much better if it was true. It's just, it's just like I'm imagining the game Halo Reach, which is the Vietnam of Halo, basically. Like that's what they marketed it as, and it's just like these guys are going through the most horrific shit, but the whole time they're being jacked off, <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Like the knowledge that that is a is a a thing that someone thinks is happening, and you think about it, and you just. You want that to be true because it makes every scene just hilarious and uncomfortable. All that I can think of right now is just. So I I tried Doom <laughs> VFR, right? Oh yeah, uh, and how was it? It's it's pretty good. I like it, but no. What that makes me think of is like like if they made something like that, like Doom VFR, but it's in the Halo universe. Um, I mean like. You know how in Doom you wear like a battle suit, whatever thing. Oh, yeah. No, that one definitely jerks them off. (laughs) Yeah, just like play a game like that, but like secure a fleshlight to yourself while you're playing. It feels it feels so much more like you're there. (laughs) That's immersion. It's the only way you can play it. It's like those it's like those rigs that you can get from like Pornhub and it like syncs to the video. If you're not fully erect while playing Doom, Doom sl- Doom guy will die. 
It, that's what will happen. You have to constantly be aroused or you else know, he'll die. I was I was a little nervous going in to um Doom VFR cuz I'm a big old pussy, right? Yeah. And uh, you thought you're going to get VR stuff. By him? Well, yeah, you know, VR stuff is, you know, it it's scarier than playing a game on uh on, you know, just on a monitor cuz you know, it's mouth. like Okay. And it's, you know, it's it's like you're there in the game, so you know, a scary zombie thing like in your face is going to be scarier than one on a screen. Oh yeah, no, it's Doom though, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's scary the first time, and then you realize you can just rip its arms off. Right. Yeah, it got. I I I was able to you know get more comfortable with it pretty quickly doing like the training thing, which you know the, the the controls and everything so great, underrated. If you can get it on sale, do it. Uh, I got it for like eight dollars during a Steam sale. Um, I think I think it's worth eight dollars at least. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, what was the point I was trying to make? Oh yeah, just like get uh get a Pornhub uh you know one of those like flashlight things that's like automated that like connects you know the one that like connects to the whatever video you're playing in it and it syncs up. <laughs> but do that for Doom. for Doom. <laughs> getting okay, so off it's like to the base. It's like an, it's like an iTunes visualizer, but in the form of a flashlight. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh, so some random point just starts stabbing you with spikes. Uh, uh, but you know, someone would start fucking one of the demons. Oh, I remembered what That's I was gonna say. I remembered what I was gonna say. I. Uh, it, it was after talking about the fleshlight thing when I was giving my uh, condensed first impressions review of Doom VFR. Yeah. I remember what I was saying now. I got distracted. So, yeah, anyway, going into the game, uh, I'm a big old pussy when it comes to VR stuff. And, um, you know, I was hoping that I wouldn't get too scared playing the game. Yeah. But do you know how the game opens? How? So when you start a new game, it, it loads you in and you're on an elevator uh, in like, you know, the facility where the game takes place. And it's like, oh, you know, your character's like, oh, God, I hate meetings. And then, it, the you know, the thing goes off, you know, demonic presence detected. And you're in the elevator. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I, I keep I kept like looking around like, oh, man, they're going to like bust in any second now. And. The elevator got, you know, to the floor that it was going to and the elevator opens and there's one of those big old monster things in the hallway. Oh, like the the Hell Knight? I don't I don't know what any of them are called, but it's the big thick one. But thick anyway, one. it it turns around and sees you and just charges right towards you and it fucking kills you and then you wake up and your like consciousness is backed up to a computer. And, uh, you know, you're like loading into a new body, but yeah, that's how the game starts. <laughs> you get fucking killed by a giant demon monster. It might, uh, it's the one that charged you. I think you got killed by a pinky. Probably, I guess. But yeah, just a full immersion right away. <laughs> Welcome to hell. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. No, it's, it's so cool. So like you die. Do you like, like... So you're a ghost then? Or like No, you're 
it's like in Rick and Morty when Rick has like his consciousness. Oh, so you're just up. a bunch of clones. I don't know. I guess you you like you see that your body is like on like a like a table and it's like, you know, you got to get it reconstructed, I guess. And the game like loads you into like, you know, the, the battle suit thing. I, I guess you're like a robot at that point. I don't really know. But yeah, I didn't play a whole lot of it. I only played like the opening. Sounds like you've got work to do, gamer. <laughs> but yeah, it's so fun. It's it's so cool in it. Like the the transportation feels cool, like zipping around and stuff. It it it, it feels great. You yeah, know, I'm looking at screenshots. This looks fucking neat. Yeah, it's basically Doom 2016, but you're in it. Like it's not you're in the shit. As far as I as far as I can tell, it's not like downscaled or anything. Like it doesn't look worse than the game normally does. Hmm. Now the thing is though, like this isn't Doom 2016 though, so it's like a different storyline, basically, right? Like you're not doing the yeah, same. Yeah, I thing? think so. That's kind of it's neat. not it's not just a port. Huh. It's a it's a different thing. It's not like Skyrim VR where it's just Skyrim but in VR yeah, no, fuck or Fallout that. 4 but in VR. Skyrim VR is terrible because it's the same combat as normal Skyrim. So you, it's it's terrible. Like where Gorn lets you like, you know, hit someone wherever in Skyrim VR, you have to fight like Gorn is so good. Gorn is amazing. But on Skyrim VR, you have to fight like you're still playing normal Skyrim. So like, you know how Skyrim is where it's like all the swords are baseball bats. Yeah. Now you have to do that, but it's VR. Doesn't that sound exciting and fun? Oh, yeah. So anyway, we should uh, close out the show because it's been it's been a while. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of USA. If this is your first time here, you know, hit that subscribe button. Yeah, we do this show every week. Every Friday we put out a new episode. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned because, you know, next week we might talk about something that you're interested in. Um, if not, you know, just download the episode anyway. Either way, it's good for analytics. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, you know, whatever your platform allows. Uh, share this episode with a friend. Even if you didn't like this episode, you know, statistically someone that you know will be into it. Make sure you watch this between the hours of 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Or else I'll break into your house and make you regret it. Those are our official office hours. Uh, share if, if you, you know, if you want to help out the show, share our clips, tweet them out, get more eyes on the show, um, or you know, just send us money. You know, you gotta support yeah. the show somehow. It's in the contract that you signed implicitly when you listened to this episode. So you know, either you know, share every word we say is ten cents. Tweet it out, tweet our clips, or you know, send us five bucks and we'll call it square. Uh, you can find us on OnlyFans. Yeah, our social media is linked down below. Tweet at us if you disagreed with anything we said, which statistically you did. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, just follow us, see what kind of stuff we tweet, because it's, you know, you might find it interesting. Who knows? Leave us a review on Podchaser. That's sort of like an IMDb site for podcasts. That's another great way to help out the show. Leave us a review on there. Don't forget to eat your bugs. If you're not subscribed yet, remember to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Or else I'll come to your house peeing your pants. And with that, this has been Bold of You to Say. I'm your host, Alex Myers. I'm the co-host, God. Have a good 9 a.m. through 9 p.m., everyone. Go, and en- enjoy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
just enjoy. I love like, you. In general. And I said, that's not a crab, that's my wife.